Hey y'all, welcome or welcome back. This is Talk Your Shit with Deja, where we drop the eye because not only can I talk my shit, but I want you to talk your shit too. Hope you all are having a lovely Wednesday. You know, I am. You know, it's a hump day or whatever, so we're trying to make it to the end of the week. But yeah, I hope you guys are having a great week. And if it's not going great, I hope it goes better once you watch this or you tune in or I make you feel better. Who knows, you know? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, it's week 18, y'all. Like, that is crazy to me that I have 18 episodes, like, consistently, like, every week, 18. Woo, y'all. I'm getting up there. I'm almost to the 20s or whatever. But yes, like I mentioned last week, uh, this week, I will be talking about the different types of intimacies within relationships. Because baby, we got to take it deep around here. No more surface level stuff. We don't care about surface level relationships. We care about going deep. And what better way to do that than with uh, intimacy? Because, you know, that's how you form bonds is being intimate with people. Um, So I just wanted to, like, share different ways in which you all can practice intimacies within your, uh, well, intimacy (laughs) within your relationships and, you know, give you different things to come up with for maybe hanging out with family or going on dates or, you know, maybe when you're at work, I don't know where you're finding your friends, but, you know, (laughs) giving you different things to think about when it comes to forming those bonds. Um, We all kind of need help with figuring out how to, you know, connect with people because I think today it's like low-key we're connecting with people, but we're not all at the same time, but we are, but we're not. So it's weird. So I just want to give y'all some different ways in which you can practice intimacy and then, you know, kind of let y'all know how I practice these things and everything of that nature. So Of course, you know, I got this information from a website I found. You know, Google, Google was on the money when it it was made. Because I I find everything on Google, baby. If you can't find it on Google, is it really a thing? But yes, so I came across this website. um, And, you know, I'm going to leave the title of the website, you know, right here, like I've been doing. Um, But I came across this website that talks about four different types of uh, ways to be intimate within relationships. Um, It definitely shared that there could be more, um, but these tend to be the four most common ways that people practice intimacy. Um, So the four different ways is physical, emotional, mental or intellectual, and spiritual. And, you know, I kind of talked about physical um, you know, in my love language series or whatever. And if you don't know, go check it out. Plug. But um, <laughs> I kind of talked about being physical because, you know, physical touch is uh, love language. Um, so I was kind of able to go into that. But this is kind of going to give me just a bit more to expound on. Um, so, yeah, let's start there, you know, with physical intimacy. Um, So on the website here, it shows the, oh, and let me say, I'm going to put the link in the the, uh, description too. So if you want to go, you know, read for yourself, you are more than welcome to. But 
Sorry, y'all. My mind kind of be jumping. So y'all should know by now I'm a jumper. But um, yes, back back to the information. <laughs> so physical intimacy, it says that it refers to body closeness. It can involve, it can involve hugging, cuddling, kissing, and holding hands, depending on the nature of the relationship. And y'all know that we talked about that cuddling last time in the love language episode. And like I said, if you don't know, go check it out. But y'all better stop cuddling with these people that y'all not y'all not trying to build bonds with. That's why y'all keep getting attached. It's all that cuddling. Y'all think it's the sex. It ain't the sex. It's the cuddling. Stop cuddling with people. But um, yeah, like when it comes to those different things with being physical, me personally, I don't think that you should be physical with somebody you're not trying to build a connection with, like genuinely. And it's unfortunate because a lot of people nowadays really don't take physical closeness ser like as seriously as they should. In a sense of, of course, we're having casual sex like no tomorrow, I'm sure people probably kiss way more than they casual sex. They probably cuddle way more than they kiss. Like, you know, it's just like literally people are being in all like doing these intimate things way more than they should, especially when you have people coming to the table saying that they're not ready for relationships. And it's like you shouldn't be practicing these things if you're not trying to build a closest with some people. And I think that the reason why they do it is because, you know, it's not ever been like really laid out that if you do these physical things, somebody's going to get attached to you. Like, I think like people know that there's a possibility that attachment can come when you're having sex or doing these things, but it's never really been laid out to us. Like, you know, cuddling with that girl she can fall in love with you. Like kissing on that dude, he he can he can fall for you. Especially like I've come across or not come across, but I've heard so many men say like they literally don't even kiss if they're not into that person. Like they will not kiss. Like that's a boundary crosser. Like they literally save that for people that they're, you know, into. So it's like the fact that we have made physical touch seem so not deep or like, I don't know how to say it, but we made it seem like it's something that you can just do like this and there's no repercussions behind it or anything like that. And it's like, no, you literally can be forming bonds with people every time you put your hands on them or every time you're in proximity with them. Because something else that it says, too, is, like, body closeness. Just being in the same area with somebody close to them, you're forming bonds with them, which is probably why, you know, when you go to work, those tend to be the people that you get the closest to outside of just talking to them, of course. But, you know, the physical proximity of just being around that person causes bonds that you didn't even necessarily know was even forming. Like physical in intimacy has been the, the one intimacy that has been so superficialized 
Is that even a word? It's been so superficialized and it's really crazy because we're like, we're causing damage on accident slash purpose. Because I think some people know that if they kiss this person or hug this person or, you know, cuddle with this person or have sex with this person, I think people know that they're going to get attached. But they still do it anyways, you know? And then, you know, I guess it is that person. And that's why you really got to, honestly, people be like, oh, you should have asked these. Well, more people are saying now that you should ask the harder questions on the first date. But there's still some people who think that you shouldn't ask hard questions on the first date because you may run people away. And it's like, no, ask those hard questions on the first date. Because if you do decide to get physically intimate with this person, you're going to be start like you're going to literally start a, a bond that is going to be hard to break if you don't have direction. Like, if you don't know where this is going, you're going to be forming a bond that could possibly lead to a unnecessary heartbreak for what, a like, a quick dopamine hit. So it's like, make sure you're asking those real questions. Like, do you want to be in a relationship? Do you see marriage in your future? Like, do you want kids? All this stuff you should be knowing before you even leave that first date. Or before you even have the first date, like if you could talk on the phone with somebody or, well, yeah, if you could talk on the phone with somebody or FaceTime somebody before you meet up with them, where you can have these real conversations, do that too. Because you could be minimalizing, because honestly, I think physical intimacy gets kind of hard to resist once you get in front of that person. Especially if that person got a good mouthpiece, like they know how to talk good. And they're already physically attractive. Like once, once you hear the mouthpiece and you see them, physical uh, intimacy is literally a knock around, like literally a knock around the door. So if you could figure out if, like, if they're serious, if they want a relationship, if they, you know, if that's stuff they want right now, if you could figure that out before you even get in front of that person, I would encourage y'all to do that. But in the event that you do have to, you know, meet that person first and then, well, go on a date with that person first and then ask those questions, make sure you're asking those questions before you are holding hands or, you know, letting him put his hand around the small of your back. Because, you know, once they go around the small of your back, it's two seconds away from ass. So it's like, ask those questions before you include physical. Because, like, like I said, with the cuddling, because it literally, um, I want to say, what's the word? It literally produces our bonding hormones, the same hormones that get produced when we breastfeed our babies. That's the same hormone that gets produced when you're cuddling with a guy. <laughs> so it's just like, before you even get to that point, ask the right questions. So you know that, okay, if I cross this line, he probably gonna break my heart because I'm probably gonna get attached to him. Again, like, or 
okay, I can cross this line because I know that I have somebody that's in this journey with me and it's not just going to necessarily go down the hill. Granted, they say people play games and they could be lying and all this other stuff. Well, eh, it's a risk you had to take. <laughs> like, honestly, if you're having a real conversation with somebody and you are asking these real questions and if by the end of these questions, Mind you, you're not just asking, do you want to be married? Do you want to have children? Like, you're asking leading questions. Like, you know, if you do want to have children, like, how like, how do you see yourself? Like, what kind of parent do you think you'll be? Or if you want to get married, like, ideally, how soon do you see that coming? Like, you know, ask these leading questions. And if by the end of all these leading questions, if you think they lying, don't don't do that because I honestly think that if a person is lying about these things, when you're asking leading questions, you're gonna trip them up. Ain't nobody practiced this shit that much. Like the the truth is gonna reveal itself. I well, I'ma hope that people ain't out here practicing the whole script <laughs> and what to answer and whatever the case may be. But you know, when you're asking these leading questions. You know, that's how you can get to a, a stable answer. And then once you either know that they want to be in a relationship or they don't, then you could decide physical is appropriate or not appropriate. But that's more so with relationships. Um, of course, physical intimacy, you can also practice with family and friends. Um, something I realized that I don't do a lot is have physical intimacy with my friends. Like, I don't really hug them. I don't really touch them at all. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I honestly don't know if my friends necessarily need that. Um, I don't know too many women whose love language is physical touch, which is probably why I don't feel the need to do physical touch. But hey, friends, if you're out there and you like physical touch, let me know and we can give hugs and pats on the backs or something i don't know but we i can make sure i put it in there but i personally with friends i don't do physical and with family i barely do physical touch honestly now i probably started hugging no i only i've only mm, yo that's crazy that's probably why I'm not a physical touch person in general. Now that I think about it, I'm really not a physical touch person. I really don't initiate anything with anybody. Um, I'm getting more comfortable around dudes. So now I guess I'll probably touch them a bit more. But when I was in my first relationship, Sarah got upset that I never initiated anything. But it's just like, I now that I'm thinking about even with family, I don't think I've ever really physical, we don't really, we're not a physical touch type of family. Honestly, when I, when I hug, well, okay, maybe when I was younger, because I used to love, well, I'm always around them too. So now I don't necessarily need to touch them, but I'm usually always around them. So I guess that's kind of physical intimacy. Cause I'm usually around them, so even if I don't touch them or whatever, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm working on it. So if you, if husband, if you're out there and you're a physical touch person, bear with me. But <laughs> like I'm literally going through the thoughts right now, but I'm just like, 
we really didn't practice physical intimacy, but we were always around each other. Now we were always up under each other. So that could be why we didn't necessarily need to touch each other because we was always around each other. But even now, the last time I think I touched my mom was when she closed on her house in November. <laughs> like we hugged and we cried. Did I have a touch? Well, no, I usually do touch her. Now I ain't gonna say it. like I do touch her, but it's not like, I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe because I'm, maybe it's because I don't necessarily think of it as, you know, the hugging and holding hands and stuff like that. But I think I do. Like I always like hit my brother in like a playful man manner. I like I'll poke at my mom. So maybe I am physical or getting physical. Yeah. But yeah, you can <laughs> sorry y'all. <laughs> y'all can tell I just be going through my thoughts. <laughs> but yeah, you can um practice this with family members. Um I'd say be cautious doing this outside of family and friends just because you would have to know people's comfortability levels. And that was one thing that it talked about on the website is that you have to have conversations with people about what they're comfortable with. So you don't want to just go around people just touching on them and stuff like that. It's funny because my friend, my friend, and she going to notice if she watched this, she do not like people touching her when we out in public. Like, it, and it's funny, and she's not the only woman I know. I know it's a lot of women that hate when men come up and they, instead of just talking with they, they uh, mouth, they got to talk with their hands and, and everything. So it's like, she hates when people touch her. I honestly don't mind. I find it weird that you're touching on people you just met, but you know, if again, if you kind of grew up with being touchy feely or whatever, or that's your love language, it makes sense why you put that out into the world. But you have to be cognizant of people's boundaries or you know their comfortability level. You know, you never know what people have been through to just walk up and touch them is not, you know, okay. Like you really can trigger somebody and they can have a meltdown or they can like fall off on you like you just never know so you know when it comes to physical intimacy outside of people that you know be cautious and ask questions like as much as people be like oh if I ask for consent while I'm doing this like it's weird like it really don't kill the mood like it don't I actually appreciate when people ask me like is it okay like can I do this I mostly just like go ahead, or <laughs> like go, like I'm like go ahead, but you know, really ask questions. I think that for the people who might have asked for consent while they were doing something and the girl got turned off, or like I don't think she was in it anyways. So you asking for consent just was like something to confirm her saying no. I think that if a person, if you are in the middle of whatever and you ask for consent and she'd be like, no, it's she probably was thinking no before you even asked for consent. She just didn't verbalize it. But it probably was in her mind like, dang, I really don't want to do this. So with you asking for consent, she was just like, okay, let me 
this is my time to speak. Let me say no. Because every time somebody has asked me for consent, I'm like, go ahead. <laughs> like, shit, meet me there. Like, beat me there. I mean, like, shit, explore. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, but you know, ask for people's comfortability levels. Like, can I touch you here? Can I kiss you there? Like that actually, hey, put the right voice on. That shit might be a turn up. Okay, but that's this with intimate. I mean, with relationship, but okay, outside of <laughs> outside of family and do ask um, about people's comfortability level because you always want to make sure people are comfortable. You never know what people have been through. So with this type of intimacy, the biggest thing is comfortability level. What are people comfortable with? And then if you know you have somebody who's a physical touch um that's their top love language, or that's where majority of their focus is on. Ask them what they like, and y'all better tell them what what you like too. Like it's weird when people like. Well, I don't think a lot of dudes' top love language is physical touch, but if it's like second, or for girls, if it's second, you like to be touched. You need to be able to communicate how you like to be touched. You know, women, if you like to be roughed up or, you know, all that good jazz, let somebody know that. Um, or if you like to be held or cuddled, let somebody know that for dudes. If you like for your woman to rub on your head or, you know, rub on your chest or whatever, can communicate that. Nobody's going to know how to physically touch you if you don't communicate that. So people let people know your boundaries, let people know your comfortability level, let people know what you like. And then let people know what you don't like. Tell people what your boundary levels are and all this other stuff. So yes, that is physical intimacy. So the next one is going to be emotional intimacy. So it says being emotionally intimate with another person means being transparent with your deepest feelings, fears, and thoughts. It involves feeling safe and not judge. Um, and then it's all about being the same for the other person. So I'd say where this kind of goes in, if you think about like this with love languages, uh, maybe your quality time, you can focus on emotional intimacy. I think that's honestly the best way to have quality time is, is when you can tap into this one, um, because this one is getting to the root, to who they are low key. Um, yeah, even um, maybe words of affirmation too could kind of go into emotional intimacy. Um, sharing, you know, that you're appreciative, letting people know that um, that you're grateful of their like them being in your life and things of that nature. You know, I think those. This is where emotional. Low-key, I'm trying to put these into love language uh, categories, but, you know, I think that emotional intimacy can go into, you know, those. And maybe gift-giving, maybe depending on um, the gift, which is why I say if it doesn't scream dejeuner, don't give it to me, because emotional intimacy might play a part in that. Um if you're you're paying attention to what I like or, you know, the things that make me smile or bring joy to me, 
you know, those are emotional. So you give me gifts based on that. So I'll say that acts of service, shit, maybe emotional intimacy can go into all of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when it comes to like your deepest feelings, fears, and thoughts, that 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 stuff is all I care about nowadays. Honestly, since I've kind of matured or transformed mentally, I don't even, when I come across guys, I don't even care to ask like, well, I don't even like when they ask like, what's your favorite color? What do you like to do? Like, nah, let's skip all that. Like, <laughs> you know, how did you grow up? What are your traumas? Like, how did your last relationship end? Like, have you ever been in love? Like, <laughs> give me the deep shit. Like, honestly, I don't even care to stay superficial anymore. I like going deep. And I guess that can kind of play into, like, what is it called? Like, sapiosexual. Like, emotional intimacy can kind of play on that. Like, the people who are attracted to people's brains or minds. or And maybe that can go with the mental and intellectual, too. But I don't know. But I feel like it kind of goes with, you know, both of those is that you get connected to the person's mind, their thoughts, you know, things of that nature. You bond off of realness. I think when you can employ like emotional intimacy, you're getting to the realness of people. Like you kind of skip over the shit that's changing. You get to the real, like the shit that, that literally lives embedded within them. Like fears, of course, fears possibly can change, but majority of your fears are rooted from past, excuse me, rooted from past things that occurred, you know, the thoughts that you have. Yeah, they may change or shift over time, but they're most likely rooted in the same thing. So it's just like emotional intimacy is how you get to the root of something. That's how you get to the root of a person. And that's where I'm trying to go. I'm trying to go to the root. I don't want to be on the stems of the branches. <laughs> Wait, is it the branches? I'm talking about the stems. I don't want to be on the, the branches or the leaves, just at the leaves. Like, nah, I'm trying to get to the root, the trunk of the tree. Like, I I want to know more. But then, you know, but before you even get to know more, you definitely got to know, like, what do you want to be in a relationship with? <laughs> Because even with emotional intimacy, you could build great bonds with people off of that. So when it comes to romantic relationships, do be careful with trying to get to emotional before you get to those real questions, you know, or those directional questions, let's say. Because all of these are real questions, but before you get to those directional questions, well, no, before you get to emotional intimacy, ask those directional questions. Yeah. Because you got to have direction. Like all of this stuff is literally just going to make you like somebody even more, especially if they're a good person. Like that's the, that's my hardest problem with, you know, one of the guys I used to deal with is that I, I okay, in naivete, I got direction, which was no direction. But I didn't walk away. I was just like, oh, that's okay. I can do it. <laughs> but we connected on everything else. Physical, emotional, mental, intellectual, spiritual. Well, I don't think we've really had like a real spiritual talk. And I, we don't need to. 
because I'm like, okay, if we have a real spiritual child, like, we gonna be done connected on every level. And then, but there's no direction. So it's like, damn, I really done connected. Loki done found my soulmate for real, for real, but I can't be with them because that's not in their cards for them. And so it's like, oh, it's like, that's kind of cool though, that you do connect with somebody. I actually just came across a clip. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> Side quest. <laughs> I just came across the uh, across a clip that shared like um, we be so focused on relationships that we don't even take well, like a romantic relationship that we don't even take time to be friends with people for real. Um, and it's, and I've been thinking about this a lot, and it's like I I'm starting to understand why men and women have a hard time having relationships once they're older that doesn't involve sex is because literally we are separated kind of as soon as we come out the vagina like boys are immediately put to like uh building things and girls are immediately put to like the dolls and the kitchens and stuff so like our toys are completely different, so it keeps us separated. Our activities are different, and boys usually play sports. Girls usually cheer on the sideline. So it's like our activities are completely different. So we are literally programmed to be separate majority of our lives. And then once our hormones start kicking in and now we're ready to sex on each other, now they want to let us come together. Like, no wonder why these these people are only thinking about sex and why they have a hard time even just being friends with people is because by the time you actually be around girls consistently, all you want to do is fuck on them because your hormones, puberty has hit you like a ton of bricks and your hormones have kicked in and you just want to sex on them. Like, so I, I think that we really have to start figuring out how to get our children back integrated to where girls play with boys, boys play with girls, so that by the time they get older, you know, they've created these sufficient relationships that was not based on sex to where, you know, they're not only looking for that from somebody like they really can get to know somebody. Of course, you know, puberty is still gonna make you wanna be a horn dog, but you know, you can actually build kind of real relationships and you're not only worried, so focused on sex that you really disregard the whole person itself. But yeah, sorry, I just went off on a little tangent, but yeah, as far as like the emotional intimacy, it's like, that really is the biggest building block for a lot of people and you know the that was honestly i actually just started getting more emotionally intimate with my friend but it's like i was able to formulate all these things and didn't have direction so be careful when you go to being intimate with people that don't have the same direction as you because you can very much so be attracted to the whole person but they're going in the opposite direction of you Granted, being just friends with them is okay, but if you could see doing more with that person, you're gonna wanna do more with that person. Like, that's just how we're, we're set up. So, you know, to prevent those, un, like I said, those unnecessary heartbreaks, get those directional questions out the way first before practicing emotional, physical, spiritual, like all of this with like the opposite sex partners. <laughs>
because the last thing you will want to do is be so connected to somebody, but they don't want a relationship. It's crazy. I have to laugh to keep from crying. <laughs> but no, like, yeah, like you build this bond with somebody and then they don't want to be in a relationship. Then it's just like, dang, it kind of all was for nothing or was it for nothing? It could have been just to show you that you're capable of, you know, finding these intimacies or these closeness. And maybe that could have been what you needed in this time, too. But, you know, yeah. Let me see what else there is, because I feel like I'm rambling. <laughs> I want to stay on track. Um, it says, um, with this, with emotional intimacy, you definitely got to be open to letting your guards down. Now, emotional intimacy might be a hard for a lot of people because a lot of people are avoidant. Like, you either got anxious or you got avoidant. <laughs> so, you know, some people are avoidant to where they may share some things, but they're not going to let you into the, the, the depths of their soul. So it's like, in order to really be in practice of emotional intimacy, you really got to put your heart on your sleeve. Like, let your guard down, let somebody in. And don't be scared of what the reaction is going to be. But now, if you do have somebody that is opening up to you, work, work on not being so judgmental. And I think that in today's society, with social media and everything, <laughs> that's all we're practicing is being judgmental. And then we're also practicing lack of intimacy, and not intimacy, empathy. So it's like, we're being more judgmental and we're lacking empathy. And that's the two main things you need for emotional intimacy. So it's like, if you know this is something that you battle with, share with somebody like, you know what, I I want to share with you, but, you know, when I share with somebody in the past, they, you know, throw it back up in my face. Like, be real. Let your guard down and then see what they do with it. You know, if you run into another person that throws the shit back up in your face, now reevaluate how come you keep running into the people that will throw your hurt in, in your face. Like, because maybe that's a you thing. Because not everybody will use your pain against you, you know? Or that could be a them thing that you let them know, like, yo, I really shared with you that this happened to me before and you did that. like, And then they may take that into consideration and be like, you know, that was not my intentions and fix it. So it's like, you really got to be open to vulnerability when it comes to emotional intimacy. And I know that's hard for a lot of people, but practice. Practice makes that you're trying to do it. <laughs> yeah, so like practice being open. And then it says this type of intimacy may also require reassurance that despite differences in experiences and emotions, you are safe with each other because you find support and comfort when you express your deepest fears, pains, and doubts. Again, empathy. Like, although y'all may have completely different perspectives because we're different individuals and we're different sexes, so the way that you perceive things and the way I perceive things is two completely different ways, 
Then on top of that, we both grew up in two different environments. So it's like, empathize. Empathize with me, I empathize with you. And then, you know, don't judge me. We're, we're all human, which means we've all done shit. So it's like, don't look down at me. Don't be condescending when I tell you what my shit is. And it, it doesn't look like your shit. But I'm sure if you tell me what your shit is, you know, I probably could do that same thing. But where does that get us? If we're trying to form a bond, we can't be looking down on each other. We really got to be looking at, dang, it sucks that you went through that. You know, no person or no child or whatever you're sharing, no, no, no person should have to go through that. But then you got online and then internet and these motherfuckers make you think that nobody in this world has empathy or is like uh, judgment free. Like these motherfuckers judge all the time and it's so annoying. It's so annoying. And that's honestly too why like another like off to the side, but why I try not to speak on people personally because a lot of times with the online stuff, we speak on personal, well, we speak on people's stuff that they post to the internet as if we know them, as if we really can't give an accurate assessment of the people, you know? And it's like, unless you have a real conversation with them, you really can't give accurate information. Yeah, you can give your idea from a snippet of the story, but that snippet of the story could be like, it like the whole story could change the whole trajectory of that little snippet. So it's like, I try to stay away from, you know, talking about people's shit that they post to the internet because I don't know these people personally. And I don't know where the perspective comes from. I don't know where, like none of this. And when you're just watching a clip, it ain't like you can sit there and ask these people verbatim, like, you know, what did you go through in childhood that would make you think like this? Or what did you go through in adulthood that makes you, like, you can't ask these people that. So, so I try to stay away from that. But, you know, again, like, well, emotional in intimacy you got to practice empathy and then you got to practice being non-judgmental and then being open put your heart on your sleeve and everything of that nature like me i really don't now i don't tell people everything but i do tell people a good amount and then like the closer we get then i can tell you the intricacies of the little amount that i provided for you but i definitely you know, I I gotta put my heart on my sleeve. Like, how else is my man gonna get to me if my heart ain't on my sleeve? <laughs> like, I ain't trying to make him put in a whole lot of work. <laughs> like, I don't got time. He ain't gotta come in here and just be trying to beat down. Cause you know, people can get fatigued if they come into something and they're trying to get you to open up, but you're so damn closed off. Like people are gonna get fatigued. Now, if you have a person that don't get fatigued, you better thank God every day that you wake up and you better thank that man for being patient with you every day that you wake up. But some people will get fatigued trying to break down walls that they did not create. So it's like with emotional intimacy, do remember that, you know, when you're being closed off, these people in front of you did not close you off. Somebody else did. And if you notice that when you go into a situation, you still hold back parts of you that are you or you hold back stuff because of the past, like you don't need to be dating right now. You need to be healing. You need to be addressing those issues 
Like, no, you don't have to let all of your secrets fly in the first date. I mean, depending on the person, you might let all them things fly because the connection might be fire, but people shouldn't have to be trying to fight you, trying to get inside of your heart because they're going to give up and move on to the next person. Like, what they say, the, the path of least resistance. I mean, some people like to make their lives hard, but some people also like to make their lives easy. Like they would like to work smart, not hard. So it's like, be vulnerable, be open to being vulnerable. Okay, so next one is mental or intellectual. And it says, mental intimacy refers to sharing your ideas, opinions, and life perspectives. It may also involve intellectually challenging each other and being open to learning or at least considering the other person's ideas, which I like too. Um, I personally don't know a lot about politics, so that'd probably be nothing I ever talk about, but I do want to get more into that. I want to be able to come to the table and be like, you know, you know, them damn liberals, they, they something else, or them damn conservatives really something else, and be able to kind of give a really intellectual conversation and be able to match people's energy. Like, yeah, I have some good talking points, but I definitely don't know the capacity of political things um as far as like other things i'm always gonna bring my ideas to the table like i am very opinionated and i'm strong-willed and all that good jazz so it's like i definitely can bring a conversation forth to people like i'm very good at with that honestly i'm sure when my friend gets on the phone with me like previously We'll be on the phone. We'll be quiet for a minute. And then I just bring up this random ass conversation. We'll be having a whole fucking conversation about some shit on the internet or something like along the lines of that. Like, I'm just, that's just where my mind is now. I'm deep, not, I'm not surface anymore. I like going deep, but mental or intellectual. And I, I like that too, because I am a talker and a thinker and an analyzer, and I like to figure stuff out or talk through things, you know, emotional and mental are kind of my two go-tos. I mean, I love physical, like I love to be cuddled, like y'all, in this period of loneliness, not being cuddled has been the hardest thing, but you know, emotional and mental have been the, the two that it might be what it is. <laughs> I ain't gonna give y'all cheat codes. And I'm moving differently. I'm moving differently. But it might be what kind of got me in the bed on first dates. Not even gonna lie to you. Like that sapiosexual thing, I'm I think that's real. Like when you can have deep conversations, like the last the last two dudes, well, all four of them, we were having real conversations right out the gate. So it was a no-brainer that we were probably gonna get physical. But the last two dudes. The first date, there was nothing surface level. I want to say the guy was talking about his family. Well, the third one, the guy was talking about his family and how they go on trips out the country and things of that nature. And we were kind of discussing those things. Then the fourth guy was talking about how, like, he has, like, kind of family issues, like, his mom and dad was divorced. And, like, we were literally getting deep. And then we were also talking about, you know, um, the manosphere. I don't know if we necessarily called it the manosphere then, but we were talking about, 
you know, different things like being submissive and different things of that nature, you know, just getting his perspective. It's always nice to get a guy's perspective um, rather than just women's because you like to see where it's coming from. But that's the, if you want to get, let me get y'all the cheat code. It ain't my cheat code, but let me get y'all the cheat code. If you really want to get a woman in bed, have a real conversation with her. Have a real conversation with her and be real and honest and open. Have a real conversation with her. I bet you. Unless unless she's really like no sex on the first date. If she's really that type of person where it's like no sex on the first date, then you could do all that and she's not. But she going to be ready to see you again. She going to be ready to, hey, when we going on another date? Well, she ain't going to say it like that. That's kind of masculine. <laughs> she's probably gonna be like okay when are we going on another date like um i'm free like when it like literally have a real conversation whether that be mental or okay low-key i would say mental or intellectual you might want to save that when y'all actually already have a sex because what you will notice is that men and women tend to disagree about a lot of things mentally you <laughs> know intellectually um like <laughs> Now, I'm not going to say all of them disagree, but there's a lot of things that men and women tend to disagree with. So if you don't want to have like those disagreements, maybe first date, I'd say save that until third, fourth date. <laughs> but hey, if you ready to dive in, like I said, I was doing this first date and I, but we mostly agree because sometimes I think I think like a dude sometimes. <laughs> hey. But um, but yeah, we mostly agreed, but it was just like, have those real conversations. Don't be scared to have those real conversations. And when you do, you know, it's not a matter of like whose perspective is right versus whose perspective is wrong. Try to figure out why they lean the way that they lean. Like me and my, my ex, we used to have a debate so much on transgenders right but slowly I've started to shift or I have shifted throughout the conversation because you know in learning more and understanding more and stuff of that nature like I've shifted but I remember we used to argue like cats and dogs like literally like that used to be the conversation that just was like okay I'm over it like just shut it down. I don't even want to talk no more. But now it's like I can really have like a real conversation about it because I've learned more. I've grown more. I've matured more. So it's like you can have these real conversations with people and it really can bring you closer to them, especially if you agree. But in the event that you don't agree, again, try to figure out where they're coming from. You know, ask those excuse me y'all I'm with that ask those real questions to try and figure out you know why do you think that women should be should be submissive like why do, do you think that you know men should be leaders like why do you think this and then you might get to the root of it and then you understand more then you're not so quick to you know just be like no you're wrong and like no you really start to be like okay that actually makes sense you know though i don't share the same sentiments as you i can understand where you're coming from and just be okay with not 
agreeing with everything. You know, we are individuals for a reason. That means that we're not going to agree with everything. So don't try to bring up something so that you could try to change people's minds, especially if you got somebody like me. You're not changing my mind. I'm the only person that could change my mind. Now, you can put the, the information out there and I can hear it. But it's going to take for me to actually go do my own research and study for me to change my mind. So it's like, don't ever come to a conversation with me trying to change my mind. It ain't happening. But now you can put the information out there. I can think on it and I can learn. And then if I think that you're, what you were talking about makes more sense, then I lean towards that. But I still stand firm on what I believe in. And I'll go to war about what I believe in. So don't try to change my mind, but we can have a real conversation. But yeah, that's what I'll say about mental and intellectual. Um, oh, the last thing is, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just said that. Don't try to debate. Yeah, just don't try to debate with people. This is not a debate to try and win. It's more so like you use this to get closer to people. Again, honestly, mental or intellectual can kind of be rooted in emotional when you get to the root of like where your thought process, like why are you a democratic versus a conservative or vice versa? Or why do you care more about, you know, what's reparations versus not, right? I don't know. But, you know, once you ask those leading questions and get deeper, you can kind of end up going into um, emotional intimacy and now you're even closer. But again, this is something that you can do with everybody, but you know, I've done this with all of my counterparts <laughs> and they got in my counterpart. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So lastly, before we run out of time, because I'm getting up there in time, um, is spiritual, which to me has become really important. Um, and it says spiritual intimacy means feeling close, validated, and safe, sharing your innermost ideas and beliefs on life's purpose and your connection with divine energies. Um, that, this has become really important to me. Like, honestly, I've probably been like spiritual for all of my life. I remember when we were younger, my grandma, it was no, it, you couldn't get out of going to church. Now, once we got older, we could kind of escape going to church, but when we were younger, baby, Bible study, church, cute little frilly dresses. I remember Easter, every every Easter, we'll have the cute little frilly socks with the cute outfits. Like literally we'll get a whole new outfit for Easter and everything. Like it was that serious. But, you know, as we got older, we were kind of able to choose if we wanted to go to church or not. A lot of us kind of gravitated away from it. You know, we kind of gravitate back towards it. Now, mostly, I watch stuff on YouTube. I don't really go out. And that could just be because I'm I'm a bit more isolated. Um, I know my sister, she's back in the church, which she kind of never left. But she's, like, in the church. I know my cousin was getting back into the church. So it's like we've all kind of been gravitating back towards it. Um so it's it's definitely within us. I definitely would say I'm more spiritual now than religious. I do think that religion is tainted <laughs> a little bit because you you have religion that's run by people. And because people are imperfect, it can kind of taint it. So I'm more spiritual in that I want to do the work for myself. Of course, I definitely watch, um, like my favorite pastor on Instagram now or like in general is Pastor Keon 
that's Keon and uh, Texas. That man right there, he got me through last year. I ain't gonna go him, Pastor Todd. Him and Pastor Todd kind of got me through last year. Not even gonna hold you. Like, them was my saving graces. Like, when I tell you going on Instagram and seeing a clip and then being able to go watch their full service and them just talking to my spirit and everything of that nature, like, they really got me through it. But um, I'm definitely more spiritual. And being able to have these conversations with other people is great. Like, my friend, um, we we did this this year. I said that like she really here. <laughs> we did a vision board. Um, and I'll probably take a picture and put it like, yeah, right here on this side. We did a vision board um this year um to practice manifesting and things of that nature. Um, because I've actually learned more about, you know, our brain, how powerful our brains is and you know, focusing on stuff can actually make it happen and things of that nature. And you can manifest your future and all that good stuff. So we did a vision board. Um, and that was a cool bonding moment because we were hanging out by the water, um, literally trying to keep her damn, her damn pictures from flying away because the wind was winding, baby. It was winding. But we were trying to keep her pictures from flying away and everything. So it was just like a cool bonding moment. And then... Oh, well, I don't know if she wanted out to the public, so I'm going to hold off on that little secret. But, um, but yeah, like, we did that together. And even before we did that, we just have been talking so much about, like, well, like, with spirituality and things like that. Like, she wanted to start a business and use, like, angel numbers within the title of her name and, you know, leave it up to her to tell me about angel numbers. And now I feel like I see them everywhere. So if you follow me on like uh, Instagram or you're like my friend or follow me on Facebook or whatever, you notice that I've been posting angel numbers cause she put that shit in my head. Now I feel like I see angel numbers everywhere, baby. But yeah, spirituality is a great way to bond with people, especially people that have the same, you know, belief system as you. But even if you don't have the same belief system, again, like figure out why the other person has the belief system that they do. Figure out, you know, what what does religion or spirituality look like in their life, whether it's atheism or, you know, um, Christian or Buddhist or whatever. Figure out what what part of them is rooted in spirituality or religion or, you know, how does it come up in their lives? And, you know, you can even take that and lead it into, okay, if we were to have children, you know, what would you want us to instill in our children? Like, especially if you have different of spiritualities, you know, this could be a moment where you're just like, okay, will we, you know, interconnect the both of them so that when they get older, they can kind of choose or, you know, do you want me to convert or have you ever thought about convert? You know, these, these are ways you literally can take the conversation deeper, but spirituality is a great thing. And I think that figuring out how spiritual somebody is gets to like the, the person they are like moral wise. Like on my top 10 or 10 things that I want within the man, you know, I, I said I wanted them. I said godly or God fearing or something like that. But I was like, I want their morals to be rooted into spirituality in some way. Like 
they have to have morals that are above just them. Like, you know, a God-fearing man is this or that. And so I strive to be that because, you know, that's that's my principles. That's who I am or whatever the case may be. So it's like I want spirituality to be a part of their life. Now, do they have to go to church every Sunday? No, I don't go to church every Sunday. <laughs> do they have to do Bible study? No, I don't do Bible study. Now, what I will say is like, okay, if you do like uh, practice a religion or whatever, you definitely should read the book that, and I slowly have been getting through the Bible. The Bible thick though, y'all, like that thing thick, 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 thick. So <laughs> it's going to take me a minute, but you know, reading, the actual words and not always looking for other people to interpret it for you because how you're going to interpret it for yourself is going to mean more to you than how somebody else is going to put it in front of you. I think that's another reason why we have a lot of problems nowadays is because you got people that will go to people and see them just throwing out verses to justify why they do trash things or why they are the people or like why they don't like this type of person because of this verse and stuff like that. And it's like, no, read the book for yourself before you go to just be like, they said this and that's just how like, nah, I don't feel like you should be able to just be like, oh, well, the Bible said this if you never even read the Bible. <laughs> like if you just heard somebody say it, like, did you know the context in which that verse came from? Do you know the story in which that, that verse was in? Like, go read it for yourself and then interpret it yourself because all that you have been through is going to help you to interpret the Bible in a completely different way than somebody that put a verse on online to justify why they want their woman to be submissive or whatever the case may be like, you know? So it's like, that has become really important and i definitely will make sure to have those conversations now moving forward with other people um i definitely have those conversations with family members like my sister we've been talking about spiritual things um like she was just telling me how her and her friend have started you know doing um things that the church that she's going to now and things of that nature so you know that's always a great way to get closer is where's their spirit rooted because if their spirit is tainted <laughs> then you gonna have a tainted ass relationship but yes figure out where the spirit is rooted and then you know if it doesn't align with you figure out again like who is this person how did they get to where they are have they ever thought about having anything different like thinking anything different like these are things that help you get into a person without getting into a person I'm <laughs> just kidding, but but yes, so yes, I'm gonna close this out right here. Um, I think that was kind of a, a very well explained <laughs> explained of uh, four different types of uh intimacies. Again, it is physical, emotional, mental or intellectual, and spiritual. Yeah, um, so practice. Practice them when you go on a date, you know, figure out how to add in, you know, some spiritual intimacy or some mental intimacy. Or, you know, when you're with family, practice that physical intimacy. Give somebody a hug. 
be like, baby, you look like you need a hug and just give them a hug or something like, you know, start throwing these into your life and start building those real connections because this is how you get to those real connections. It's not the money that you spend on somebody. It's not the the places you take people, like it's none of that bullshit. Like if you wanna get a bond with somebody, and if men were smarter, I'm telling you, I'm giving y'all tips, men were smarter, they would tap into the emotional intimacy with women so fast. Aren't we emotional beings? Which means that we probably would give you the job. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not speaking for all women, y'all. <laughs> but probably like if you tapped into our emotional intimacy, you probably would get closer to sex than if you were to just flash money or take me on this type of date. Like, nah, tap into my brain. You might be closer to sex than just splurging on me. And I'm sure a lot of women probably feel that way too. But yeah, these are different ways you can practice intimacies within your relationship. Um, next week, let me look at the calendar. Lord, I can't see. Okay, next week, <laughs> I'm going to be talking about communication types um, because there's different ways in which people communicate. And we're going to talk about the most effective way to communicate because that's what we should be striving to. But then we're going to talk about all the other ways that it probably is a little non-conducive to getting to a better place or whatever. So we're going to talk about those next week. But this is Talk Your Shit with Deja where we drop the eye. Because not only can I talk my shit, but I want you to talk your shit too. Um, yeah, so like, comment, subscribe. Check me out on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And then follow me on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> so y'all tune in next week for those communication styles, types, whatever, examples. All that good jazz. And I will see y'all and tune in with y'all then. Bye.